Good morning, Thrive. Welcome to Easter service at Thrive Church Online. My name is Raul. And my name is Christine. And we'll be your online, online host for today. today. If this is your first time visiting us, then you are our VIP. And as our VIP, we would love to hear from you. Be sure to text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit MyThrive.info. And we will send you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle just for visiting us today. Absolutely. And attention all parents. Don't forget to visit MyThrive.info slash ThriveKids to download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 1045 to 11.15 a.m. We'll be having a virtual Easter egg hunt for the kids and it's a great way for the kids to celebrate Easter and connect with each other while strengthening their relationship with God. There will be kids worship, a lesson, and games. So come join us. That sounds like a lot of fun. And here at Thrive, we love to engage with our audience. So before we jump into today's message, you may be wondering what we're doing with this glass jar full of Easter eggs. Well, I'll tell you this, we won't be making an Easter egg omelet. Not with these. Um, but we do have a fun game we're going to play with you. Christine? All right. I hope you have your counting goggles on. So comment in the chat room how many eggs you think are in this jar. I think maybe like 10? Hmm. I would say there's a little more than 10, but let's see what the audience thinks. Absolutely. So put your guesses in the chat room right now, and we'll see what the final answer is. Wow. wow! Give yourself a big pat on the back if you guessed correctly. Great job. That was a lot of fun. But Christine, it's not Easter if we don't have an Easter egg hunt. So let's keep the fun going. And throughout today's message, there will be Easter eggs popping up on the different corners of your screen. So be sure you count them and keep track to see how many eggs we have been revealing. So stay tuned. We will give you the answer later on. That's right. So, we love seeing your selfies online, so be sure to share your Easter service selfie with us online and tag us at hashtag ThriveChurchOnline, and we can't wait to see your selfie. Absolutely. All right, everyone, I hope you're just as excited for Easter as we are, so get comfy in your chairs as I pass the time over to Pastor JB for our Easter message, and keep a lookout for Easter eggs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. This is my beautiful wife, Charlene. We are pastors here at Thrive Church. And on behalf of all of us here at Thrive, we want to wish you a very happy Easter and welcome to our Thrive Easter service. And if this is your first time here, then we want to especially welcome you because you are our VIP. And so if I could ask you to go to your phone and type in the word new and send it to 604-285-5770, or you can go to MyThrive.info and click on the button that says New to Thrive, then you can send in your information because we have a gift specially prepared for you. And it's a Thrive branded stainless steel water bottle. And it's our way to just say thank you for joining us today. A huge welcome to all of our first-time guests, our VIPs. In fact, we have a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you welcome one another to church today? If you've got a chat room in front of you, would you use your chat room and just say, hey, everybody, happy Easter, everyone. Welcome our VIPs. Welcome our first-time guests. Let's welcome another to the house of God today. And if you're sitting next to someone and it's appropriate, then you can give them a hug or you can give them a high five and just say, I'm so glad to be here with you today. And by the way, if this is your first time here, if you are new to Thrive or you've just joined us in the recent months, then we would love to meet you. And that's why Pastor Jamie and I want to personally invite you to join us for our next Meet the Pastors on Zoom. And it's going to be taking place right after the 930 service and the 1130 service. And if you can make it, please go and register on MyThrive.info because we can't wait to see you there. That's right. We would love to meet you personally. And so sign up for Meet the Pastors on Zoom. We cannot wait 
wait to see you there. One other thing that's really special that's going on next week here at Thrive Church Online, and you don't want to miss it, is we've got a brand new message series starting next week. It's called Waiting for Sunrise. We're going through the book of Isaiah together. And why do we call this message series Waiting for Sunrise? It's because I think a lot of us, if not all of us, are right now in a time of waiting. We're all waiting for COVID case numbers to go down. We're all waiting for coronavirus to be a thing of the past. We're all waiting for life to go back to normal or as normal as it can be. Some of you guys are particularly waiting when it comes to your work situation, or you're waiting for a, a relationship to turn around. You're waiting for some news and you're still waiting for that news. Maybe some of you are pregnant and you're expecting, congratulations. And in your case, you're maybe waiting and you're a bit scared, you're a bit excited. How do you maintain a sense of hope in the midst of all the waiting, especially when you're waiting a lot longer than maybe you'd like to? Well, if that's something you're going through right now, I think you're really gonna enjoy this series called Waiting for Sunrise, because we're gonna look at the book of Isaiah, which speaks to how do you keep a hopeful heart in the midst of waiting, as well as a bunch of other important lessons. You don't wanna miss it. We can't wait to see you next week again here at Thrive Church Online for Waiting for Sunrise, looking at the book of Isaiah. Well, I can't wait for the new series, Waiting for Sunrise. But in the meantime, today is a super special day. It's an extraordinary day because today is Easter Sunday. And it's one of my favorite days, one of my favorite weekends of the year. And so let's get right into the Easter message. All right, can we give God another big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Well, here we are on Easter Sunday here at Thrive Church Online, and we are so thrilled that you're here to join us. By the way, if you are here and you're new to church, never been to church before, maybe you come from a different faith background or no background at all, we are so thrilled that you're here. We hope that you make yourself right at home. We hope you can find that Thrive is a place where you can be yourself, where you can find some community, find some encouragement, find some hope to help you in this season of life. And if you have a prayer request where we can pray for you, you can always let us know at info at thrivechurch.ca. If you want to know how you can get plugged in even more, you can go to mythrive.info for all of that. But a huge welcome to each and every one of you who's joining us today. You know, the reason why we celebrate Easter here at Thrive is because we believe that Easter is not just about Easter bunnies and Easter eggs, but even more, Easter is about Jesus and that how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, how he rose again from the grave, and that as a result, because Jesus is alive, we have hope today. That's why we celebrate Easter here at Thrive Church. And today, in the very short time that I have with you, I have the privilege and the honor of sharing with you a message that I hope will bring you some hope and some encouragement in a season of life and in a time in history that's very, very uncertain. The message I'm here to share with you today is called Lost and Found lost and found. Really simple title. But the reason I bring this message to you today is to let you know one thing. If there's nothing else you get from this message today, I hope you get this. I hope you get that God loves you and that God loves you so much that whenever you are lost, whenever you feel lost, God is on a mission to personally find you again. This is called lost and found. Have you ever gotten lost before? maybe driving or going to an unknown or unfamiliar place. When I was four years old, I had this obsession with planets, with the solar system. I had this book that was all about planets. And you know, I you know, had a Winnie the Pooh bear, but I didn't call him Winnie. I didn't call him Pooh. I called him Earth 
because I was so obsessed with planets. And I would take Earth everywhere we go. People, oh, that's such a cute cute, 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 cute pooper. He's not a pooper. His name is Earth. Right? And, and I also had a babysitter. Her name is Cecilia, but I didn't call her Cecilia because I was so obsessed with planets, I called her Venus. And she loved that name. And, and I was like, oh, Venus. And I remember there was one time when I went to the grocery store with Venus, my babysitter. And it was a big grocery store for a four-year-old. And, you know, it's like Safeway or Save on Foods, that kind of thing. And we go in and somehow at some point during our visit to the grocery store, I wander off on my own and I get lost. And all of a sudden, I have no idea where I am. I can't find my babysitter. And so I start screaming at the top of my lungs, Venus! 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 And I, I'm, I was so young at that time that I don't fully remember everything that happened, but I could just imagine I'm, I'm yelling, Venus! And kind of panicking. And all of a sudden, a, a staff member from the grocery store comes up to me. Oh, little boy, are you okay? Is everything all right? Uh, I can't find my Venus. Where is my Venus? And, and I could imagine them taking me to the cashier and, and they'll use the intercom, the sound system, PA system, and they'll go, uh, attention shoppers, uh, there is a little boy here who cannot find his Venus. Uh, if you don't, if you happen to know where his Venus is, would you please let us know? If you could help this boy find his Venus, then we would love it if you could come to aisle number five. Thank you for shopping at Save On Foods. And, and that's the thing. And, and why, why do I mention, and I gotta be very careful with the pronunciation, why do I mention this time, this embarrassing story, when as a four-year-old, I, I got lost, I couldn't find my Venus. Why do I mention that story? It's because today the message is called lost and found. I'm here to let you know that God loves you. And whenever you're lost, God is personally on a mission to find you again. And see, in fact, there's one time when Jesus he is hanging out with people who are not considered the most religious people. In fact, they're not religious at all. And he would do this often. He was known for it. In fact, he was criticized for it. There were these critics of Jesus who would look at what Jesus is doing, going, why do you spend so much time with such sinful people? And you know what Jesus was, his response was? Jesus, he responds in Luke chapter 15. And he says this in verse four. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 out in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And then later on, Jesus in Luke chapter 19, 10 says, for the son of man, that's Jesus, came to seek and to save what is lost. And see, when I used to read this story about this shepherd that loses one sheep and leaves the 99 just to find the one, I used to think, man, that's an unrealistic story, isn't it? That's so unrealistic. Because if I'm a shepherd, I've got a hundred sheep and say I lose one, would I realistically leave all my 99 sheep just to find the one stupid missing one? Why would I do that? Is that like, I don't want to lose all 99 as well. And, and so just keep, keep, keep this in mind, is that Jesus is not stupid. And shepherds back in Jesus' day were not stupid either. What they would do is if a shepherd had a hundred sheep, lost one, they wouldn't just leave the 99 to be. They would leave the 99 in the care of another shepherd, maybe a hired hand, maybe a friend, maybe an employee. And they themselves would personally go and find that lost sheep. And see, here's the thing. What is Jesus' point in the story? Jesus is saying the story to communicate something really important to you and to me, which is that all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. And that God is personally on a mission to find us again. And that Jesus says that there is nothing that brings more joy to God's heart. Nothing that brings more rejoicing in heaven than when God finds one of his lost ones. And see, that mission is so important to God's heart. You are so important to God's heart that Jesus says that he's willing to pay the highest price to make it happen is that he gave his life when he died on the cross for our sins. And see, it reminds me of a really touching story. As about 30 years ago, there was this four-year-old boy called Sun. Sun lived with his mom and dad in the province of Sichuan in China. 
and his father owned a vegetable stand at a local market. And one day, while son was accompanying his dad to work, he got missing. He got lost. He was missing. His parents were looking everywhere for him. His dad was dealing with a customer, and I guess he got lost sight of his son. And when he was done with the customer, he looked, he turned, and his son was gone. And they looked everywhere for him, but they could not find him. And all of a sudden, it was like a parent's worst nightmare was coming true. They looked all over the local market. They looked all over the neighborhood. They went back home to see if he went back home. They couldn't find him. What turned out to have happened on that day was that when son got missing, son had actually been abducted by child traffickers. Son was taken by child traffickers to another part of China, 1,000 miles away from where he lived. And there, the child traffickers sold Son for 500 US dollars to a couple that had always wanted to have a son but couldn't have a son. And see, Son's parents never stopped looking for Son. They posted search notices all over the area. They, every time they heard of a lead, they would take a train, take a bus, take a horse, walk, run to everywhere there may be a lead, hoping to find their son, but they never found their son. They found a lot of other children, but they never found their son. In fact, this is a photo of Son taken just a few days before he was abducted. Which, and this photo, Son's dad kept in his wallet all this time. And see, meanwhile, as Sun grew up on the other side of China, he always thought he'd been legally adopted, not illegally abducted, but legally adopted. He just didn't know where he came from. And he would, you know, kind of ask his parents, but they weren't really, you know, that, that clear on it, or they, they weren't really that uh, forthright with him about it. And he just felt like something was wrong. And as he got older, as he got older, as he found out more things, he thought, you know, I need to find my real parents. I need to find my original family. And that, 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 that desire became stronger and stronger in Son's heart. One day, Son goes to the local police station and he gives a blood sample in the hopes that somehow maybe that would help him to find his original parents. And in October 2014, 24 years after Son was first abducted, Son gets a call on his phone saying, we found a match. It's because through the blood sample that he left and a blood sample that his dad left even before then, they were able to match the father with his lost son. And in January 2015, son was reunited with his dad. His mother, if you're wondering, had actually died of cancer by that time. But when son and his dad were reunited, the first thing they did is they put their arms around each other, they threw their arms around each other, they hugged, they kissed, they wept. And on that day, son's dad showed son the picture of them that he had kept in his wallet for 24 years searching for him. And you know, the reason why I share this story with you today is because believe it or not, son's story is a picture of your story. Son's story is a picture of my story as well, is that long before you ever thought about searching for God, God was searching for you. And the Bible says that all of us, every single one of us are like God's missing children. All of us have been abducted or taken by something called sin. What is sin? Sin is this tendency in each and every one of us to want to do things our way, not God's way. To leave God's path, to do it our way, our own thing, to say to hell with what God thinks, I'm going to do what I want, I'm going to do what I think is right, I'm going to do things my way. And the Bible calls that sin. And the Bible says that sin is serious. Sin is basically rebellion against God. It's us running away from God. And the Bible says every single one of us has sinned. We've all chosen to do things our way instead of God's way. And that separates us from God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. In other words, because of our sin, we can't have anything to do with God. Sin doesn't just separate us by a thousand miles. It separates us by an eternity. Such that no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter how good we think we are, we can never get back home to where God is because sinners can't reach a perfect God. 
But see, here's the thing, because God loves you and me. He never gave up searching for you and me. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ, his son, to find us again. See, what happened? God sent Jesus Christ, the son of God, to live the life that you and I could not live. A life that is without sin. A life that met all of God's requirements. The kind of life that only God in the flesh could live. And not only did he live on our behalf the perfect life, in addition to that, Jesus died the most excruciating, painful, horrific, humiliating death on the cross so that our sins could be paid for. That the penalty that was due us, the separation from God that we deserved, Jesus took it on himself so that we could be forgiven, so that our debt could be paid, so that whatever we owed God because of our sin is canceled and we can be reconciled to God, we can be forgiven of our sins, and we can be called children of God once again. And not only did Jesus die on the cross for our sins, but he, on the third day, he rose again from the grave to show that he's no ordinary man, but he truly is who the Bible says he is. He is the son of God. And that anyone who places their trust in Jesus, they're forgiven of their sins. They have, uh, they have eternal life and they are called children of God. Oh, come on, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. That's why John 3:16 says it this way. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And see, just as it took son's blood sample to match son back to his father, how many know that it wasn't our blood, but it was the son's blood, the son of God's blood, Jesus's blood that was shed for us so that we could be reunited back with God, our heavenly father. And see, God's forgiveness is free, but it's not cheap because it was paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And see, through Jesus Christ, we all have a way to be found by God again. When we were lost in our sin, God found a way to find us again through Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're here and you're kind of like, you know what, that, that sounds cool, JB, but like, what about other religions, man? Like, aren't all religions the same? Have you heard that before? Have you thought that before? Is that, you know, I, I used to have this question too. I, I was kind of lost when it came to this question for a long time where I thought, you know what? I, I hear different religions saying different things. Some people like to say, oh, all religions are the same. You know, they're basically all going after the same thing. You know, wanting you to live a better life, help you be a good person, give you a sense of identity, a sense of community, a sense of meaning, a sense of destiny, a sense of transcendence, something like that. They're all really the same. And that, that's, that, that's fine to say if you want to kind of remain at a very superficial level when it comes to these things. But the fact is this, the more you dig deeper into each of these different religions and different faiths and different philosophies around the world, you're going to find that they teach very different things. And in fact, they teach very contradictory things. And at the end of it all, you're not going to feel, oh, they're so similar to one. Oh, they're all the same. No, you're actually going to find, oh my goodness, which one am I supposed to believe? And you're going to find that everyone has their take. And I was in that place where I was, I'm kind of lost. I'm like, who am I supposed to believe? You know, which one is true? Which one isn't? How am I supposed to know? If you ever felt lost on that, then you're not alone. I've been there as well. And see, here's the thing is it started me on a search for, you know, how do I know which one is true? I started, you know, researching and studying different religions. And I started to see a pattern, which I want to share with you today is that if you were to ask me what makes Christianity unique, compelling, convincing, I would point to two things that I'll tell you right now. The first thing that makes Christianity unique, compelling, convincing, is that the messenger is unique. See, every religion, every philosophy, every faith has a messenger. In Islam, it's Muhammad, the prophet. There's, you know, in, in Buddhism, it's Siddhartha Gautama. For, you know, if for you know, the Hari Krishna movement, it's A.C. Swanee. For, for Mormonism, it's Joseph Smith. For, you know, other, there's other movements, you know, and they're not necessarily religious. You know, there's Sigmund Freud. He had his whole, uh, you know, idea of well, what life was about and what, what, you know, is there a God, is there not? You know, there's all these different philosophies, movements, faiths that were, there's a representative, there's a messenger, quote, unquote, who, who said all these things, claimed to be an expert on life, claimed to know the meaning of life, claimed to know stuff about life after death, about God, about our purpose. And he said a whole bunch of things about life, about God, about you, about me, about the meaning of all this. And then that person would die and you'd never hear from them again. And you're not really sure. You can't really be absolutely sure what happened to them and, and if what they said was absolutely true or not with one exception. One exception, one exception is this, is that Jesus Christ, 
walked on this earth, made a bunch of claims about who God is, about the meaning and purpose of life, about what happens after we die, and then to prove that you can trust what Jesus says. Jesus not only said a bunch of things and died, Jesus came back to life. Jesus rose again. In fact, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single most important fact in history. And it's so well attested that you've got critics and you know, skeptics who have turned to faith in Christ just on the basis of looking at the resurrection alone. And see, so with all due respect to other founders of different religions, the fact is, if you're going to follow any one of these guys, why not, why not follow the one who's not dead anymore? Follow the one who is alive. His name is Jesus. That's the first thing that makes Christianity unique, is the messenger is unique. But there's a second thing I would point to to talk about how unique and compelling that Christianity is. The second thing is this, the message is unique. Not just the messenger, but the message is unique. So you're going to find this. If you study different religions, you're going to find that most religions will teach you that if you want to get to God, in other words, if you want to get to heaven, if you want to be with God, if you want to become your own God, if you want to reach enlightenment, if you want to experience nirvana, whatever you want to call it, if you want to reach God, it's all up to you. It's all about what you have to do to earn your way there. If you can be good enough, if you can be selfless enough, if you can pray enough, then maybe, just maybe, you can work your way up the ladder to get to where God is. See, what religion says is you want to get to heaven? Try harder. You want to get to heaven? Do more. You want to get to heaven? Save yourself. Religion is about people reaching for God, trying to find God. But with Jesus, it's the opposite. See, with Jesus, it's not people reaching for God. It's God reaching for people because he loves them. And see, it's God reaching for you and me. It's not us trying to save ourselves. It's God coming to the rescue. That's why John 3.16 says it this way. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes not in himself, but in him, Jesus, shall not perish but have eternal life. See, it's because whenever you're lost, because God loves you, God is on a personal mission to find you again. See, Christianity is not about searching to find God. It's actually more about God searching to find us. And see, God loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins so that through Jesus Christ, we can have a relationship with God. That's not based on how good we are, but on how loving and merciful and good God is. Can you give God a big hand for that? Isn't that good? It's not about what you have to do. It's about what God has already done for you. And see, when you have this relationship with God through Jesus Christ, not only does the Bible say you are forgiven of your sins, not only does the Bible give you the hope of heaven such that you know where you're going to go after you die, but even more, even right now, you have a relationship with God through Jesus that gives you hope and strength and power to go through difficult circumstances. You know, there's a, a woman called Johnny Erickson who at one time was an extremely active young woman. She loved to hike. Johnny loved to play tennis. Johnny loved to go camping. Johnny loved to play lacrosse. Johnny loved to ride horses. And in fact, one day when Johnny was 17 years old, when she and her family spent some time at the beach after her high school graduation, something happened that would change Johnny's life forever, that would change her family's life forever. Is that she's on this raft and she is deciding she wants to dive into the water. But as she's diving into the water, she doesn't realize that the water is actually a lot shallower than she thought. She, was, she thought she was diving into deep water. She was actually diving into very shallow water. And so with full force, she dives into the water and her head strikes the sea floor. And all of a sudden, her spinal cord gets severed. Her spinal column gets severed. She cracks her neck. They take her to the hospital. And it turns out that she is now quadriplegic. In other words, she has lost the use of both her arms and both her legs. Other than some shoulder muscles, some bicep muscles to some extent on one side, Johnny would now have no feeling below her neck. All her dreams of playing sports, all her dreams of getting married, all her dreams of living a happy, normal life were all of a sudden shattered in a moment. 
And see, Johnny became deeply depressed. She wanted to commit suicide. She would even try to wrench her neck in the hospital in hopes of breaking it even more, but she couldn't kill herself. And so she even prayed to God, said, God, if I can't die, please show me how to live. And, you know, she's like, you know, I'm not prepared for this. I don't know what to do. You know, and, she, and, and she just felt completely lost. Some friends of hers, soon after she prayed that prayer, came over to her. And these friends of hers were friends that she'd known for a long time, friends that happened to be Christians. And they would try to, you know, laugh with her, try to hang out with her, try to comfort her. But in the process of that, also reminding her of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for her. And, you know, Johnny at that time, she believed in God. In fact, a few months prior to that incident, Johnny had even prayed a prayer to ask God, you know, God, I want you to, could you draw me near to yourself? You know, let me know you better. But, but at that time, if Johnny had to be honest with herself, she would describe her faith at that time as pretty superficial. Is that for her, believing in God was more about him answering her prayers for popularity, for good grades, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for, for dates. And, and, and when she really started to consider what Jesus Christ did for her on the cross and she accepted it and she received you know, the forgiveness that comes through Jesus and she started to pursue a real authentic relationship with Jesus. Started going to church, started to pray, started to apply the things she was learning. All of a sudden, it was through that authentic relationship with God through Jesus that she started to experience a peace, a joy and a power that she hadn't ever experienced before. In fact, she wrote, writes about her experience this way. She says, in my early teens, I was looking for my own way and lifestyle. I didn't have time for God. I'd experimented with many things to find out where I fit into life. At first, I thought popularity and dates were the answer. Then I thought the discipline of, of athletics was where I would find it. But now my searching ended. All the pieces of the puzzle fit together and it all made sense. Jesus, God's son, had come to save me and make me a whole person. And see, this is while she's dealing with quadriplegia, while she's you know, going through rehab, not being able to use you know, her arms and her legs anymore. And she realizes that Jesus has come to save her and make her whole. And you know, Johnny, jo Johnny her, 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 her experience, even her quote just now, it reminds me of a verse from Ecclesiastes 3.11, which says, he has, a he has planted eternity in the human heart. Is that, in other words, there is like this God-sized hole inside each and every one of us. And it's a God-sized hole that only God can fill. And so you might have all the money, all the fame, all the power, all the friends, all the prestige, all the pleasure that this world can offer. But unless you allow God to fill the God-sized hole in your heart, you will always feel like something is missing. You will always feel like something is hauntingly empty in life. Maybe today, the reason why you are struggling to have peace, maybe the reason why you're so frustrated with life right now is because you've tried to fill the God-sized hole in your heart with something that is not God-sized. But there is good news. Jesus came to fill the God-sized hole in your heart. John 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, God made you for a purpose that is so much bigger than just being happy, having a nice house, having two healthy kids, going to the occasional yoga class, you know, having a nice balanced lifestyle. We can travel the world. You see, God made you to know him. God made you to make him known to others. Until you know Jesus, you're going to find that you are never truly at peace. It's because you don't find life's meaning by chasing happiness. You find life's meaning by knowing Jesus and following him. And see, the more Johnny learned to depend on God for every day, for every issue, for every little thing now, she found that there was a power to overcome her extremely difficult circumstances. In fact, over the past 45 years, Johnny has accomplished some incredible things. She learned to paint with a brush in her mouth, and she is an incredible artist. You know, just some of the work she's done is absolutely stunning. The other thing is she, she recorded multiple studio albums because she's got a beautiful voice. Another one is that she started her own radio program, which has won awards. She's written over 40 books. She would end up, you know, creating Johnny and Friends, which is a camp for people with disabilities where kids with disabilities could come with their friends or their parents to go to a retreat site where they can just have fun for a week and receive encouragement in the process. In fact, one day, Johnny, she was at church 
and she's sitting in church. And, and as she's sitting, she's, she's looking up in front of her and, and she just gets the sense that as if God wanted her to pray for the man in front of her. And, and she's like, okay, I don't know this guy, but I'm just gonna you know, silently in my heart pray for this guy. And she only saw the back of his head, nothing else. And three months later, her friends uh, are like, hey, Johnny, we want you to meet our friend of ours. His name is Ken. Ken, meet Johnny. Johnny, meet Ken. And Johnny looked at Ken and was like, you look really familiar. Can, can you turn around and let me see the back of your head? And, and, and when Ken turned around, he, he's like, oh yeah. And in her heart, she knew this was the man that God had told her to pray for. And as they got to know each other, uh, they started to take a liking to each other. Ken asked her out on a first date. Uh, it was the first date that probably Ken had to do where not only did, she ha- did he have to pick someone up, but she really had to pick her up. Uh, and you know, he lifted weights and, and picked her up, put her in the car. And, and it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship and love story where in the end they got married. And after that, they end up, you know, for the past 40 years, they've continued to serve God together. And see, many people today, they look up to Johnny as a spiritual mother, as a mentor. She's impacted more people as a disabled person than she probably ever could have as an able person. And one time they, they asked Johnny about her experience with suffering and like, how do, you, how do you go through all that you've gone through? And see, Johnny, she says, you know, God's power shows up best in weakness. That whatever troubles the world is throwing at you, take heart. Jesus has already conquered them. You know, a lot of people, they ask, well, how can there be a loving God in a world with so much suffering, with COVID-19, with all the stuff, all the suffering going on? How can there possibly be a loving God? And see, the fact is, though we can't know all the reasons why God allows, you know, what he allows and what he does, why he does it, you know, the fact is this, the message of Easter is that God is not removed from your suffering. God is not a God who's not there or doesn't care. In fact, God loves you so much that when we were lost in sin, when we had no way of reaching him, when we were destined for suffering eternally apart from him, God stepped into our suffering through Jesus Christ and died on the cross for our sins. Jesus suffered. God suffered because he is not removed from your suffering. He loves you. And in fact, he's even going to use the suffering in your life for a greater purpose. What purpose? Well, whenever God allows suffering in your life, remember that God is allowing it for three purposes. Number one, God is allowing you to go through that, whether it's suffering that he intended that you have, wanted you to have, or stuff that just comes because of bad choices that you you made or someone else made. God allows it, but he will use it for a greater purpose. The first is to refine you. It's to make you stronger. It's to make you more loving. It's to make you more resilient. It's to make you more like Jesus in your character, in your attitude, in your perspective. That's the first one is to refine us. The second one is to remind us. Remind us of what? To remind us that heaven is waiting for us. That this life is not just about the 70, 80, 90 years, if you're lucky, that you have on earth, but it's actually, this life on earth is actually preparation for eternity. That this is just really the dress rehearsal before real life begins. And so whenever you're going through suffering, you can remember this, is that heaven is waiting for me. Jesus is waiting for me. Number three, God allows suffering in our lives because he wants to use it to reveal his power through you and me. That generations from now, people will look back at your story and see God's power working through your life, how you overcame that challenge, how you got through that really difficult thing because God is with you, amen. And see, maybe you're going through a difficult time right now when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your future, when it comes to your family, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your health or the health of someone you love. I'm here to let you know the reason Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the grave is to show that you can have a hope that is bigger than your circumstances. And if Jesus Christ conquered our two biggest problems in life, if he conquered our sin at the cross, if he conquered death at the resurrection, then how will Jesus not help you to conquer whatever little problem is in your way today. Oh, come on, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Amen. Amen. Because in Jesus Christ, we have a hope that is bigger than our circumstances. You know, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I, we were uh, at uh, a Vietnamese restaurant. Uh, we were on a date and praise God, after 20 years of being together, we still go on a weekly date. It's the highlight of my week. I'm not sure about Char, but you know, it's the highlight of my week. Uh, I remember we were at this Vietnamese restaurant that we'd never been to before. The food was awesome. Uh, my view was amazing because Char is amazing. Um, 
But even more than that, uh, I had these screens all around me where they're you know, playing all this Vietnamese pop music, V-pop. And I hadn't heard much V-pop before, but I thought, you know, wow, this, this music, I love it. I, I can't understand a word because I don't speak Vietnamese, but I love the groove. I love the melody. In fact, there was one group called The Chilies that I especially liked. Uh, and I went down uh, onto my phone and, and, and checked out on Apple Music more of the Chili's music and started listening to some of their songs. And there was one song particularly that got, got stuck in my head. So much so that I'm, I'm, I'm humming it on, in the car. Has that ever happened to you before? And, um, and you know, because I don't speak Vietnamese, I don't understand Vietnamese, I have no idea what the song is actually about. But as I'm, I'm, I'm humming the car, I'm starting to put my own words to their music. And uh, you know, I thought, if you don't mind, I would share that version of the song with you today. Is that okay? Is that all right? And, and I'm going to use the piano here. It's kind of raw, but uh, the reason why I want to do this is because I want to dedicate the song to my friend Ray and his wife Audrey. And I also want to dedicate the song to anyone else who's watching today who finds that this past year or this past season of life has been especially challenging for you. Maybe you've found that this past year you've lost someone very dear to you. Maybe you lost a parent. Maybe you lost a child. Maybe you lost a brother. Maybe you lost a sister. Maybe you lost another relative or someone very, very dear to you. Uh, maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your business. Maybe you lost your confidence. Maybe you lost your direction. Maybe you lost your hope. And I'm here to let you know today that through all the different difficulties you've been going through this past season, God's love is here to stay. God will never leave you or forsake you. And he will see you through this time because if Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the grave, then we can know that God is writing a greater story with our lives. And we can even say that the best is still to come. And so with that in mind, I want to dedicate the song to all of you who've been having a tough time with life these days. Uh, and my hope is that it will encourage you on this Easter weekend. Let's try it. Oh, and by the way, uh, you know, so that the chilies can be blessed by the song as well, uh, maybe after the service, go and download some chilies music. How's that sound? Go to Spotify, go to Apple Music, so that they can feel like this was a blessing to them as opposed to something else. Because uh, I don't know how this song, actually what it means in Vietnamese, but I put some English words to it, and hopefully uh, they mean something to you as well. Here we go. Something stronger than death That's my love for you I will see you through You'll be fine, I promise you Though it won't always be the same My love's here to stay The light will shine someday Hope is hanging on to you Just wait for sunrise God so loved the world He gave His only Son Who died upon a cross So you and I could know Every mess and mistake Is covered by His mercy And in the end He rose again to give us heaven's hope by the blood of Christ. There's a brand new life in Jesus, God's own Son. 
there's something stronger than death That's my love for you I will see you through You'll be fine, I promise you Though it won't always be the same My love's here to stay The light won't shine someday The hope is hanging on to you Just wait for sunrise Don't give up on yourself Cause you know that the sun will rise oh. There's something stronger than death that's my love for you I will see you through You'll be fine, I promise you Though it won't always be the same My love's still the same The light will shine someday A hope is hanging on to you Just wait for sunrise Yeah, yeah is hanging on to you just wait for sunrise Praise God. Can we give God a big hand, a big shout? Let's play together right now. All right. In Jesus Christ, there is a hope that is stronger than death. In Jesus Christ, there is a hope that's bigger than our circumstances. How do you and I receive this hope? How do you start a relationship with God and have this hope in your life? How do you go from being lost in sin to being found by God and forgiven by him. Let me end with this. If you want to know this hope that is stronger than death, number one, admit that you're lost without God. Admit that you're lost without God. You know, in all those different stories I've shared with you today, there's one common thread, is that before that lost person could be found, they needed to ask for help. They need to admit that they're lost. Whether it was me in a grocery store going, Venus, I can't find my Venus. Or it was son leaving behind his blood sample in the hope that someone would match him. Or Johnny Erickson, uh, you know, praying to God and saying, if I can't die, please show me how to live. It all begins with admitting that you're lost without God. You know, it takes humility and courage to admit when you're lost. And see, Jesus once said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. In other words, Jesus came to help those who know that they need help. If you're in this place and you think, you know, I don't need any help. You know, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, 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 I trust myself. I believe in me. And if that's you, then God would say, you know what? You're maybe sicker than you think. But the fact is, Jesus came to help those who realize I'm lost without God. If that's you, then that's the first step to take if you want to know the hope that's in Jesus Christ, is to admit that you're lost without God. Will you tell your neighbor in your child, I'm lost without God. I'm lost without God. Number two, Number two is believe what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose again from the grave. And it's not about what you do, it's what God has done for you. That's what brings you back to God. It's not your effort. It's not what you do. It's not your resume, but it's Jesus Christ and his love displayed on the cross for you and for me. And number three is ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You know, Acts 2, 38 and 39 says it this way. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. See, have you invited Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. See, receiving God's forgiveness is as simple as praying a prayer. And in just a moment, I want to give you the opportunity to pray a prayer to invite Jesus to forgive you of your sins. 
to ask him for his forgiveness. And see, you might come from a different background, maybe coming from a Taoist background or a Buddhist background or a Hindu background, or maybe no background at all. Maybe you don't consider yourself religious at all. Maybe you've been to church before, but you never asked Jesus to forgive you. This moment is for you because the thing is this, it doesn't matter what your background is. You can pray this prayer because God makes this promise available to every single person that if you would ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, he will. And see, you might be like, well, I wouldn't be a good Hindu if I pray this prayer. Know this, Jesus is not here to give you a new religion. Jesus is here to give you a relationship with God. He's not here to give you a bunch of do's and don'ts to follow and that's all there is to. No, he's here to give you forgiveness and a relationship with God that you cannot earn on your own. And so if you realize you need that today, I want to encourage you to make the most of this opportunity today. All you need to do is open your heart to Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer. Um, and you know, in just a minute, uh, you know, just so that you don't feel like you're doing it alone, because you're definitely not alone, I, I, I will pray this prayer with you. In fact, on your screen, uh, you know, in your chat room, if you see a link there, and it, it, you can touch that link, and it'll take you to a page that will show you a prayer that we're going to pray in just a second. And maybe for some of you, you don't see the link in the chat room, but you see a, a QR code on your screen. You can use the QR code. It'll take you to that same page. It's a prayer that you can pray to ask Jesus for his forgiveness and invite him into your life. But before we pray that prayer, let me just say this. For those of you who, who are wondering, you know, I, I tend to be a pretty practical person. I, I know, you know I, I, I have other sides to me, but the, the thing is this, is that what are the practical benefits to inviting Jesus Christ to forgive you? and to invite you into his life. Well, number one is you have the security of knowing that your sins are truly forgiven. Not because you are so good, but simply because God is so good. You are you know, secure as God's child forever and nothing will ever take you away from that. And you know, number two is that you have a peace that's gonna truly satisfy. A peace that fills the God-sized hole in your heart that nothing else in the world can fill. And then finally, number three is you have a hope that is stronger than death and bigger than your circumstances. In other words, you can be going through the toughest challenge right now, but with Jesus Christ in your life, you have power to move forward. You have power to persevere. You have power to forgive because that's how big God's power and love in your life are. And so if that's you and you wanna pray this prayer to receive the forgiveness that Jesus makes possible, to receive the kind of benefits we're talking about today, I encourage you to scan that QR code, click the link in your chat room, and we're just gonna pray this prayer together right now. At the end of the day, it's really not so much the words you speak as the attitude of your heart, but I encourage you to pray this prayer with me right now. For those of you who want to ask for Jesus' forgiveness today on this Easter weekend, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? Don't worry about your neighbor. It's not about them. Why don't you pray this prayer from your heart right now? You say, dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart. Please forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, then guess what? The Bible says you are forgiven of your sins, past, present, future. You are a child of God, a citizen of heaven, and no one and nothing could ever take that away from you. And so a big congratulations to every single person who prayed that prayer just now. Could you congratulate them with me, church? That's amazing. So happy for you. In fact, we got a special gift that we want to give to you. If you will just click the link that's at the bottom of the prayer that you just prayed, it'll send you to another page that'll direct you to some gifts that we'd love to give you to congratulate you on this amazing decision today and also encourage you in this new relationship with God. On top of that, if you want to make the most of this decision, then I want to encourage you to do and consider doing a couple things also, is that if you receive Jesus Christ today, then in addition to the gift that we want to give you, we want to encourage you to do two things. Number one is keep coming to church. 
We'd love to see you here. Every single Sunday, we're here at Thrive Church Online, and we would love to see you here. Every child of God needs a family, and we would love to be your family. And we're here online. We one day will be on site together again, uh, as well as online, but we'd love to see you here at Thrive Church again. So don't make today the last time we see you. Come back next week. Come back in the weeks to come. And, and we just would love for you to be part of our church family, and that's how we grow together. That's the first thing. The second thing is this, is that a few weeks from now, we're going to have a baptism weekend. And if you're wondering what baptism is, baptism is not some graduation. Look, you look how good I am. Look how perfect I am. It's not at all anything like that. When you get baptized, it's simply you saying, I have asked Jesus Christ to forgive me my sins and I believe in him. That's really what it is. That's what baptism is. And, 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 and so I want to encourage you, if you made a decision recently, whether it's today or recently to receive Jesus Christ and his forgiveness, I want to encourage you to take that next natural step, which is to sign up for baptism. If you want more information on baptism, you can go to mythrive.info, touch the baptism button there. And if you're wondering how we're going to do it, we're going to do it as safely as we possibly can in this COVID season where you can register for a time slot. We're going to make sure that here at the church building, you've got it all set up for you. It's safe. It's going to be uh, where, you know, before and after sanitize, all that stuff. We're going to be taking good care of you so you can get, get baptized with a whole lot of, you know, comfort and, 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 and confidence. And you can invite, you know, a couple friends to join you to see that. It's going to be an amazing time. Sign up for baptism as well. We'd love to see you there. Right now, I'm going to invite our band to lead us in a song. It's Easter Sunday, y'all. It's Easter Sunday here at Thought Church. Let's give God our praise. Let's give Jesus our worship. He's worthy of it all. So let's sing this song together with our band. And at the end of it, I'm going to end off with one last prayer for all of you. Let's sing this song to Jesus.
You guys are an amazing church. Huge welcome to those of you who joined us for the first time today. You are our VIPs. We hope to see you next week again. Before we close off, if you call throughout church or home churches, believe in the work that God is doing here, here on Easter Sunday. Since Jesus gave our very, his very best to us, let's give our very best to him. Let's give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings. Uh, those who are just new to Thrive, just visiting, no obligation to give at all. Just enjoy the service. But right now, I want to pray a blessing over every single one of us here on this Easter week- weekend. Let's pray together right now. God, we want to thank you so much for Easter weekend when we can celebrate your amazing love for every single person here. How when we are lost, you go on a personal mission to find each and every one of us. And you did that through Jesus Christ. How he died on the cross for our sins. How he rose again from the grave. How he's alive today. And we worship you, Jesus, today. We thank you, Jesus. We say it's all about you. It's not about us. We invite you, God, to be greatly glorified in the lives of every single person who's watching the service today. And because of that, we just pray all of your blessing, your protection, your comfort, your healing, your wisdom, your peace, your joy, your protection, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet together as a church again. We thank you so much, knowing that because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the grave, we have a hope that is stronger than death, bigger than our circumstances, and the best is yet to come. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give God one more big hand, a big shout, let's play together right now. It has been amazing celebrating Easter with every single one of you. Thanks so much for joining us here at Thrive Church Online. We're going to hand it back to our online hosts. We can't wait to see you next week for the start of a brand new series, Waiting for Sunrise, the book of Isaiah. You don't want to miss it. Love you guys. We'll see you guys really soon. We'll see you guys. Uh, you know, meet, sign up for Meet the Pastors. Sign up for all the stuff there on mythrive.info, and we'll see you guys really soon. Happy Easter, everybody. Love you guys. Thank you, Pastor JB, for an amazing Easter message. And now it's time for your announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, then you are our VIP. That's right. And as our VIP, we would love to hear from you. Be sure to text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit MyThrive.info and we will send you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle just to say thank you for visiting us today. Also, for those of you who have not yet met the pastors on Zoom, on Sunday, April 18th, we will have a Meet the Pastors on Zoom event after service. This is a perfect opportunity to make new friends, ask questions about baptism, learn about Thrive Church, and of course, meet the pastors. Sign up is at mythrive.info. 
Absolutely. All right. If you prayed the prayer earlier to receive Jesus Christ, today, congratulations. Woo! Let us know by texting Believe to 604-355-770 or visit mydrive.info and click I want to receive Jesus today. We have prepared a gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. They'll be mailed right to your door and we hope they'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. That's awesome. Also, Thrive is having a baptism weekend on April 24th to April 25th. Woo! Woo! During the pandemic, getting baptized might look a little bit different than our usual baptism service, but we are committed to helping have a great baptism experience that is also safe for everyone involved. Safety is important. Absolutely. From April 24th to 25th, it is baptism weekend. If you'd like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, please visit mythrive.info slash baptism. And we would like to invite you back next week for Sunday service for a brand new message series. Ready for this? Don't know, please. Called Waiting for Sunrise. So be sure to invite your friends and your family and find a good spot on the couch. And we'll see you back here next Sunday. Absolutely. That's right. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We almost forgot about the Thrive Easter egg hunt. That's did, right. Did you count all the eggs on the screen today? Find out how many eggs were in our Easter egg hunt by joining our Facebook group at Drive Church Online Community. Like the post to see if you counted the correct number of eggs. Drive Church Online Community is an online community for us to hang out and stay connected. So see you on there. That's right. We will see you there and we'll stay connected. That's it for the announcements this week. Don't forget to give your tithes, your offerings online at mythrive.info. Have a blessed rest of your week and we'll see you back here next week at Thrive Church Online. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye.